So, what exactly do we talk about on Sporadicast? How to make the best margarita? Cocksuckers? Sure, we could talk about all of that. And more! Sporadicast! But Jason, when can people find Sporadicast wherever they get their podcasts or on our website, rabbitholepodcast.com? That's the beauty. Sporadically! get it everything we do here at rabbit hole podcast is sponsored by audible you can go to audibletrial.com slash rabbit hole pods and try it absolutely free for 30 days you can download any audiobook original show or podcast that you want and after the 30-day trial expires you only pay $14.99 a month and you get more content from audible if you decide to cancel, even after the trial, you get to keep anything you've downloaded. So why not give it a chance? AudibleTrial.com slash rabbit hole pods. Use that link and you help us out here at the network. Another great way to support us is by becoming a Patreon member. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods. For as long as low as $1 a month, you can hear episodes early, check out bonus content, and all kinds of great goodies like access to our Discord and joining us whenever we go live on Twitch. And hey, we're going live on New Year's Eve, so you may want to join us. Patreon.com slash rabbit hole pods and a huge shout out to all of our Patreon members. You make all of this happen. Everybody, welcome to the December episode of Pictures and Conversations, a rabbit hole podcast book club. I am your host, Lisa Leahy, and I am surprised I even made it here today because apparently I forgot. So I'm going to oust myself right then and there. Let's just get it out the gate. Okay. (laughs) Thankfully. It happens. Oh, it's been been a month too. So, I mean, (laughs) it's really not surprising at all that I completely flaked. Anyhow. Um, we are here today, some of us on a rainy day, some of us expecting a rainy day, to talk about our favorite reads from the year, some of our favorite reads in general, and just sort of wrapping up this exciting year of book club. Like, we made it through the whole year. We have a bunch of episodes, and we're doing pretty well and running strong into 2024. Joining me today are Heather, who is always wonderful and exciting guest and also an excitable guest. So there may be squealing and strange noises coming from her. Uh, Our friend Morgan, who is wonderful and patient with all of the ridiculous choices that we give her to read all year. Our friend Lackey, who we are very excited to have with us because we weren't sure if he was going to be able to join us. And also our esteemed boss, our man in charge of the entire network, Jason Soto is here with us today to also talk about stuff he's read this year. So welcome. Hello. I'm excited. So I am glad that we have everyone here. He sounds excited, doesn't he? I am. I'm very excited to do this. (laughs) So anyway, it's been a pretty crazy year, and I hope that you've had some wonderful reads. Does anybody in particular have something they're just dying to share and they really want to go first? 
Uh, I I will because I, I I sense the hesitation in the group, and I'm the leader, so I guess I have to go first. So I will go first. Sounds good. Um. Okay. Are we so really just literally doing anything that we just read? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Favorites um, of the year, anything like that, all and above. Okay. Good well. To go. Um. I don't know how many of these we're doing, so I'm gonna start. Um. With this, uh, a few episodes back, uh, actually back in May, we did an episode of a book that I, my pick one called Home Before Dark, um, written by uh, Riley Sager, and uh, it's all it's typically it's technically a haunted house story, and for whatever weird ass reason, the instant I was done with that book, I read a second haunted house story. I don't know if just the cards just fell. It was just a book that I just had or whatever. Or basically you turned into me suddenly. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> basically. Uh, anyway, uh, the one I'm talking about is called Kill Creek by Scott Thomas. Um, yes. This, uh, I don't I remember where I got this from. I just remember it was on a list of like horror Good books. haunted house books. Yeah. And I did read this immediately after Home Before Dark. So like the comparisons were there. Um. I don't know how a lot of people would take Lisa obviously is a fan, but love it. Love this book. Um, I have friends who are haunted house junkies who also love this book. Um, so it's basically I'll I'll keep this very short. Uh it's about four writers, I believe it's four writers, who are all horror writers, but like different types of horror writers. Like there's like the the classic, he's like the older guy who wrote like classic horror in like the 50s and Peter 60s Stroud and stuff. Peter version, yes. Yeah, and then there's like the modern kind. It's kind of like Dean Koontz kind of type of writers in there. Uh, there's a guy who's like the R.L. Stein, Christopher Pike kind of writer who's for teenagers. The YA writer, yeah. And then there's this like crazy chick who writes like these like vampire gothic horror. Some poppy Z. Bright. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like so. It's so. It's they're based on like actual like real people, but obviously fictionalized. And so they get invited to do a live stream, uh, at supposedly a haunted house, like in the middle of Kansas, uh, by this super rich like techie guy who I think is supposed to be Elon Musk. But this is before Elon Musk became Elon Musk of today. Um. Remember when Elon Musk was just like, hey, he's a tech guy who likes to go to Mars, and now he's yeah. a giant asshole. Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, so I think that's who this is supposed to be. So they go stay the night at this haunted house, and I thought the book was going to be the entire time they're at the house. But then they spend one night, and then they go home, but then the story kicks in when they're back at home, they start writing a story nonstop. It just, they just continually obsessed with writing the story. And so the point where like, they don't eat, they don't sleep, they don't go out. They don't interact with people. They're just constantly writing the story for like months for like two, three months, maybe even six months. And then one of them realizes something's up. And then they all realize they're all writing the same story. Oh, even I'm intrigued. Even I'm intrigued. <laughs> um, and I'll I'll stop there. I I do say check it out. Um, the, the ending, the last half of it is really cool. Um, and when you just figure out what's going on and why this is happening to them, uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And 
yeah, and I again I read this immediately after Home Before Dark, uh, so I I think I picked something lighter at, after that book just because I'm like I no more haunted house stories for now. <laughs> I'm I'm good, I'm good. So well, um, without spoilers, what was your favorite part of that book? Um, the, the actually the last half, uh, which I, I don't want to super spoil, but there's like a point where like a point in the book they realize what's happening, they all meet up again. And then they go, then the second half of the book happens. And then mm. that's the part I'll leave for everyone cool. to discover. Um, but there's, yeah, that whole chunk of that book was like, yeah, this is, this is pretty cool. And there's a little bit of a mystery involved too. Like, it's not just a horror story. It's a horror story, but there's also like a mystery of like, why is this happening? Who were the owners of the house? What's, you know, what's up with it? And it's, it's a really cool way they did it and uh and so lisa you said you uh you read it and you liked it what what's your thoughts i unfortunately i can't give you anything specific because i read it a few years ago um and i definitely loved it the problem is like morgan just asked that question and i went oh shit i hope she doesn't ask me that question (laughs) because (laughs) unless the book really stands out to me i don't remember those details they just don't stick okay um so I just remember very much enjoying the characters. I kind of like the sass back and forth between people. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker for a haunted house book, and I'm also a sucker for any of these like live stream, internet, you know, shit going wrong kind of stories. Um, so I just remember this very early on being like, hey, this is something I need to read. Um, and I, it's sort of like, yep, I'll read that. <laughs> kind of book for me so it's definitely worth your time if you like a good haunted house story yeah definitely and morgan heather if you guys check it out let me know because i'm curious what you Mm. guys think i will that sounds or lackey i don't know if lackey's gonna have time but Mm -hmm. i like i like i like i like horror stuff but i prefer my preferred is is kind of like lisa i like the i like the found footage type stuff but i Mm -hmm. haunted houses when they're done well and hauntings and that kind of stuff the supernatural is is definitely more to my liking i like stuff that leaves more to my imagination because Mm. my brain is disturbed so let it run wild um but i love the idea with the writers too that's that is really cool i like the idea of being sort of overly consumed by and then not realizing you're all writing the same like that's really cool that's really Mm -hmm. interesting yep all right, Morgan, I'm jumping to you next. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> I have a whole... I've been, for the last week, thinking in preparation for this. I have been struggling to only pick a few. <laughs> it's um, so hard. It's I so hard. read six... I have officially finished 67 books this year. Very oh, nice. Very nice. I am 60% through... My 68th book right now, which is a honker. Um, yeah, I, I bailed on that book. I can't get through. <laughs> yes, you will. I believe in you, Lisa. We will. I will talk about it, and I believe in you because it is so worth it. It's going to okay. be on my list. Um, and so I made a list, um, and there are technically eight books on this list, but I will, not, I will not talk about all of them. I'm only going to talk about, like, my top few. But I noticed, actually, just now, as Jason, you were talking, and I was looking at my list, I realized... I really went on a journey of female authors this year. Nice. Yes. And so there is only, there are only, well, there's one series. It's a duology. And there's only one author on here who is male, and it's Hank Green, which will be surprising to no one in this group. <laughs> um, and talk about a tech book, things go wrong. Um, an absolutely remarkable thing and a beautifully foolish endeavor are going to be right. They're not horror, but 
fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Nice. And really, really well written. It has been a long time um, when I wasn't reading fantasy where I picked up a book and I devoured it and I got to the end and I immediately needed to know what happened next. And I was like consumed by the need to read the second book. And so actually we were on a camping trip this year with, uh, it was me, Patrick and our pup and Heather and Mike and their kiddo, Adam. Um, and Patrick was reading the second book in this series. And he was like, I just, I'm going to hand this book to you so you can read the first chapter as I had finished the first one. I was like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, he was like, I'm going to let you read the first chapter to like satiate. You're not like you, I understand what you're going through right now. You need to understand what's happening, but I, you have to wait until I finish it to like actually read it. Um, it was so good. But my like top three or four, really, again, hard, hard for me to pick. I um, love this. I love that you just squeezed in two on the, the, yeah, just the quick intro. So go for it. Why not? <laughs> um, the first one that I thought of this year when I was like, okay, what book like, oh my God, stood out to me was this one. It's called When Women Were Dragons by Kelly oh, I can Barnhill. see Heather being a fan of this book um, <laughs> just by the it title. Is <laughs> actually, it's actually not fantasy. Like I would not describe it necessarily as Magical fantasy. realism. Magical realism is a beautiful way of putting it. It is a story set in the 1950s. And the concept is uh, what if feminine and female rage turned you into a dragon? Okay. Um, this sounds I mean, like the power. Ish. Like that I, that female something uh-huh. and what it does. So I, I yeah. like that. Um, this book, I have been on a feminist journey of my own for like, I don't know, probably the last decade at least of my life. This book ramped that up to a thousand. Ooh. Um, and actually the only part of the book that made me cry um was the acknowledgments and so i will read it the part that made me tear up to you all so you understand why it was so intense it's a short little bit i promise no go for it um it's at the very end it says this book is not based on christine blasey ford or her testimony but it would not have existed without that woman's bravery her calm adherence to the facts and her willingness to relive one of the worst moments of her life to help america save itself from itself her actions didn't work, but they still mattered. And maybe that's enough in our fervent hope that the next generation gets it right. Oh, that is cool. I lost oh, my ever-loving mind when I read that. Um, this book is phenomenal. Phenomenal. If you want to go on a journey of feminine rage of your own, a hundred out of a hundred would recommend that Okay. Um, the other books that fall on my list are absolutely fantasy and science fiction books. Like for real, I went on a huge fantasy science fiction journey. Um, And so the first book that I read of the year actually uh, was like probably my number one book. It turns out according to Goodreads, it was the longest book I read this year. It was 960 pages, I believe is what that said. Um, And it was Kingdom of Ash by Sarah J. Maas. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, 980 pages, that's close. Um, and it really, it was the final Sarah J. Mass book that I read of her three big series, uh, A Court of Thrones of Roses, Crescent City, and then Throne of Glass. Kingdom of Ash is the final Throne of Glass book. And it 
just completely and totally reignited my love for books. Those series, those series, those books, her writing. Um, I have, I'm an emotionally attuned human as I spend my, my days uh, entirely attuning to other people's emotions. Um, but books have to really like intensely touch something in order to like really make me feel something. I think I cried in every chapter of Kingdom of Ash. Oh, wow. Um, the, the ways that this, she really builds these big, big detailed, rich fantasy worlds and the ways that these characters come together and destroy each other, but love each other and do this like, oh, I don't even know how to properly explain Kingdom of Ash, honestly. You're doing a very good job. Thank you. (laughs) It's. (laughs) excellent it's so excellent um yeah so that that is absolutely one of my faves of the year and i'm then, gonna stop you then so okay. we can go in some rounds okay you'll have another chance you're just uh, okay, to do a couple right. a couple come a couple. back to me yes kingdom of ash. Uh, and kingdom of ash is the end of a season a series isn't it yes. yeah I yeah think it's, it's the end of throne of glass or bip- Nine, nine of the throne of glass yeah nine mm-hmm. nine yeah and that's not yeah. enough lisa i want more Yes. But no, I don't want more because it's perfect and it's done and they need to leave it alone. Yes. That I agree with you. But, yeah, I need more of that, but... But Crescent wow. City coming out in February. I'm stoked. Okay. All right, Lackey, what have you got for us? Uh, so I've been on a bit of like a nonfiction kick this year. Nice. Um, I didn't really read a whole lot of fiction this year other than what I read for book club. Um. So one of the things that I have been kind of working, this is kind of like a running joke for me. Uh, I don't know if it's a running joke. I don't know if anybody, it, it, it's, I, I've mentioned it in, on my Facebook, but I don't know if anybody else has kind of noticed it, that I'm working on this writing project that's set in the late 60s. And cool. um, one of the books that I read for quote unquote research on this is a book called 1968 the year that rocked the world uh by mark kurlansky um and it's basically uh it basically posits that kind of like what we think about how we formulate the 60s in our head is basically uh what happened basically what happened in 1968 it's uh largely focuses at least the bits uh that i recall largely focuses on kind of like the student revolutions in europe um but does touch on a lot of american stuff but you know from this i got a a lot of i you know ideas of of kind of like what the kind of like what the establishment what the social establishment was like at the time and and how a lot of these things um kind of like I'm not even sure if I'm really (laughs) describing this correctly, but like how a lot of the, particularly the generation gap and and like, you know, student protests and student demonstrations kind of shaped how we look at the 60s. Nice. Um, A lot of it. Huh? Poignant right now. Yeah. Yes. Um, Yes. And, uh, you know, again, like 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 we're going through now, we're going through kind of a time of political turmoil and social turmoil. And uh, I just see a lot of parallels between that and, you know, that time and, uh, you, you know, the time we're going through now. 
Yeah. Um, I have kind of joked uh, there when I say this, this, this book really focuses on like student demonstrations in the, in, in Europe, it really does. It goes into uh, the two things that kind of really like kind of stick with me are like the 68 student riots, riots in France and uh, some similar stuff that was going on in Eastern Europe. I cannot remember because I am a flake. I always mix up the former, what we used to call Czechoslovakia and mm. Yugoslavia. Um, and I'm, I, I can't remember, I think it's Czechoslovakia because I think Yugoslavia was the one that was ruled by Tito, um, not Tito Jackson. And, um, but anyway, that's kind of like my... I appreciate that. Sure. We were all sitting here just going, hmm. I was Googling really quick to make sure it wasn't. Tito is but, the most well-known of the Jacksons. Mm -hmm. He really, he really is. And in, in his, um, you know, Completely his, his, overshadowed his, everyone else. Oh, his, <laughs> his, his career, his career as a communist politician, you know, <laughs> in addition, in addition to his funk and pop music stylings. This is why you shouldn't be in a, like a, a family band or like a boy band. Cause this is what your future is. <laughs> this is what your future is. One, one day you're writing pop songs that hit the, you know, the billboard top 100. The next day you're ruling, uh, you know, a small, you know, Eastern European, you know, Soviet client state. It's just, it's, it's just you know, yeah, you know how it Story as old as time. Yeah, <laughs> the natural the progression beast. of things. Yeah, it's interesting. Lackey, because when I bring up this this book, um, Goodreads recommends to me a book by Rob Kirkpatrick called 1969, The Year Everything Changed. Have you read that? Oh. I have not read that. I'm, I'm fascinated that I looked because I thought it might be, you know, the same author and it's not. They're just, That's they're two completely different books, but like one prompts the other, it seems. And um, it, I don't know, I'm not a history person, but these definitely seem like the kinds of things that could be interesting. I, I mean, I'm just, I'm not like a huge history buff, but like yeah. the 60s have always fascinated me. Is it a fairly uh, like, it's like a, like a, like a nice narrative read or does it read like a textbook? It, it's a nice narrative read. Cool. Um, it's a bit... It, it, like I said, it, it focuses a lot on like student demonstrations in Europe. Uh, so get get prepared to like read like a lot of stuff about like what German students were doing in 1968 in like the Alexander plots or whatever. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it, it's fairly well. It, it's not a textbook. It's not dry. Uh, it, it's pretty engagingly written. Very cool. Very cool. All right, and then hey, you get that bonus with that 1969 book. So yeah, I can, go to that the next, I can go to the 1969 book. Thank you. I by mean, the way. keep going with the series. I mean, it's there for I mean, you. Yeah, the 1970. <laughs> you know, the 1970, and then I'll get to the you know 1974, the year in which nothing happened. Well, there you go. <laughs> Other than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but anyway. <laughs> but that's a thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's definitely a thing. Thank goodness for the see. When you get a you go from politics to film in the 70s. That's where all the exciting stuff happened. And really? then you get yeah. disco. Oh, oh yeah, like you disco. disco. I like oh, yeah. disco. I do. Thank you, Morgan. I love yeah, my disco. Enjoy. enjoy. I hate it. I I cannot come up with a single thing that I'm like, oh, I like that. But no, I hate it. I could sparkly. give you lists about what I love about disco. More for you. <laughs> Have yeah. my share. You're welcome. I will, Lisa. 
and I will take you with me in spirit, and then you'll <clears> enjoy <throat> it. No, even I though won't. you're not participating. I won't. Because I'll do it me. for you. I'll do it for Lisa, us. Lisa, Lisa refuses to enjoy herself. Lisa no. hates fun. Ah, I hate fun. Morgan will come with me. We'll get on heels and shiny dresses, and we'll you. dance. I want to learn skirt roller skate just for this. The roller skates. Roller skating was so great. Oh, I love it. All right, we're talking about books. So, what do you got, Heather? Oh dear. Dear, I don't know where to start. And again, okay. you and Morgan, we're doing well. I know, so. I know. Okay, so I'm going to try, One I'm going to try really hard to be as succinct as possible if I start to go off on a tangent. You I guys reel me in. Thank you. I love you. I also want to thank every single person here because I read 120 books as Holy of completed shit. right now. That's the most nice. Amount. That's, that's impressive. Actually, that's like two, actually, Heather, that's like two a week. I know. You are know. a reading machine. She I is. am. I'll tell you she what is. I did too. You... I decided I wasn't going to watch TV anymore this year. Uh -huh. It's worked out great. That'll do it. That's that's that that's actually a worthy goal. Yes. Yeah, it was. It, I I did not think that this would happen. Last year I read fifty books, and yep. I was like, yes, I'm getting back into my reading groove. I'm really enjoying books again so much. So what I did was look at um, Morgan's Goodreads at the end of the year, and then <laughs> yep. you guys started book club. Yep. And I'm like, I'm I'm going to start getting into fantasy because that's my favorite. And then science fiction is a very close second. So I'm like, I, I'm going to start looking at series because I'm like, Lisa, I'm like, ah, give me a series. I need the entire world to go on and on Please and on and on. Consume my life. I want it. <laughs> that is me. Like, I don't want things to stop. I love so, it. But also I have to get to the end. So, so it's a compulsion problem. But I, I ended up, it started with... um. It started with Akatar. I saw that Morgan had read it and I did not enjoy the first book as much until it got to all the, the cool shit at the end. Yes. <laughs> and then the rest of the series, I was like, okay, this, I, I think I read it all in like a couple weeks. Mm -hmm. And I was you literally walking that. around my house like a goblin with these books in my <laughs> hand while I'm going to the refrigerator, pulling crap out my poor sweet husband. At some point we did have an intervention, by the way. He's like, you know, you got to sleep at some time. Oh my God. <laughs> it did it happened um but it was it was the it was starting book club and us reading kindred and then and then that that really started me so i started reading all these fantasy books and like morgan i have read so many female authors this year and it wasn't intentional i didn't search it out seek it out it's just happened that way and it's really great especially seeing the fantasy perspective mm -hmm. from the woman's side it's very different yeah. and in a great way there's just so many different things. Like I love relationships between people and stories. I love characters. That is my bread and butter. I, there, there can be stuff going on in the background, but if you give me like three chapters of dialogue and it's good dialogue, I am there. Just make it interesting for me. Um, and then, you know, if you give me sword fights and adventures to just basically, yeah, it's, it's, it's everything. Um, but what I ended up coming to was, and I broken mine down into like, fantasy science fiction my favorite series <laughs> um the throne of glass series the one that morgan mentioned that's that's my favorite series i read all year it was incredible the world building is expansive and different and it's i i just can see it i can smell the air it's so real and yet otherworldly the characters are different from any characters i've read in other books and yeah there's typical tropes and things that are in the mix of it but that familiarity was comforting rather than just blase uh the male characters are wonderful wonderful male characters um 
and the main female character, Selena Sardothian slash Aelin Galathanias. Aelin Ashworth Galathanias. <laughs> Is this one yeah. name? What, how many words was that? <laughs> that was a lot. It was a lot. All of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm spoiling because, it's hard because I'm going to get what happens. I, I emotionally connect. I'm the person that always says, I, I cried at the end, but really what that means for me is I like, I, I got tears in my eyes. I don't yeah. really cry often at all. I just yeah. don't. I feel my feelings. I just don't have the tears to express totally them. Totally fair. However, I'm sitting, <laughs> I'm sitting in my media room and Mike walks in, my husband, and he looks at me and he goes, what is wrong with you? Because I am hysterically sobbing at the end of than this what book. he usually says, though. Yes. He's <laughs> concerned what is wrong with you as yeah. opposed to the daily, what is wrong with you? We've been a couple for 11 years. He doesn't job. even ask anymore. He doesn't even vows. ask. What is wrong with you? Yes. No, what is wrong with you? I'm like, it's so good. And he's like, he's like, how is this good? I'm like, just leave me alone. Let me feel my feelings. I cried for like 20 minutes hysterically and it was such a beautiful wonderful catharsis but to get me to that point was just incredible alone and the reason I I am sharing it is because I don't I don't get there that often and it felt good and it was and it was it was so wonderful I had I don't think I've cried reading a book like that since I was a little girl and I read The Lion, the Witch in the Wardrobe and Oslin died Oh, yes. Oh my gosh. I did no idea. I'd never read a book like that. I was in like third grade and right? I was just a wrecked. It still so wrecks good. my soul. And I've read, I've read that book hundreds of times, hundreds mm-hmm. of times. Um, so it was, it was very similar to that experience where, oh, I don't know. It was just, it was so great. It's just so wonderful. The entire journey, all like Morgan said, I mean, I'm just going to second all of it. All the characters were just absolutely and utterly brilliant. Um, so yeah, yeah. Throne of the Glass series, Kingdom of Ash, specifically one of the best books I've read all year. But there was a couple other fantasy ones that knocked my damn socks off too. And I mean, like on my back with my legs up in the air and the socks <laughs> flying to the ceiling. Oh my. Um, one was an indie author and I will be short about this one. Her name is Carissa Broadbent and she's, she's getting a lot more recognition now. Um, she's an author of The Serpent and the Wings of Night. This is oh, a good. dark fantasy like this Mm. is where all the characters are flawed and kind of screwed up and it's a made-up world all of her gods and everything are completely different than anything i've ever read but the way she writes dialogue and characters is i i just get completely wrapped up in her words i'm reading another series of hers now and i'm reading it really slowly because it's so personal that it's really difficult for me to suffer through the characters going through hard stuff (laughs) i'm connecting to them too closely (laughs) but she is she's she's probably my favorite author right now as far as cool. speaking to me on a whole and not a lot of people know her so i want to bring her up specifically carissa broadbent amazing so good i also read fourth wing this year yeah fourth wing. Ah, morgan is wearing a fourth wing sweatshirt i'm gonna right start reining you in i think i'm gonna start okay yeah. I'm, really just, I'm just gonna say these are these were my fantasy choices so i will leave Beautiful. these here this one was Amazing. It's dragons, war college, violence, sexy, sexy, sexy main characters, and lots of violence and dragons and fire and joy. And everyone oh should read this book. Oh my, indeed. All right. There we go. I don't okay. know. It sounds a little too sexy for me. A little bit. <laughs> it's a little bit. Of Focus sex. on the violence and the dragon fire. It's a little <laughs> sexy, but not so much that you'd notice. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm very um, puritanical. 
<laughs> hey, I'm the hey, I'm the prude of a different podcast. So I mean, you know, we gotta work that. Lisa is the prude. <laughs> anyway, um, so I am currently at sixty books. I'm coming up nice. short of my. I thank you. I'm coming up short of my goal for this year. Like the last number of years, I've been creeping and creeping toward one hundred. Um, and this is one of my shortest years. I had a bad year for focus, um, which is a whole other thing. But um, I think on other things to my understanding, like winning uh, teacher of the year. Thank you. Um, <laughs> yeah. But good grief. Like they're just uh, it's sort of still finding my way through all of this. Um, but anyway, so I think I'm going to start with what I'm calling my favorite book of the year. Um, I've kind of been going back and forth the last couple of years. I've had a very clear, distinct winner. So like 2021 was project hail Mary. I didn't even have to think about it last year was tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. I didn't even have to think about it this year. I kind of had to think about it, um, because nothing blew my socks off so far as they did on Heather. But, um, I think the one that I've really appreciated the most and the one that I keep coming back to is a book called Sam by Allegra Goodman. And this came out, I think in January, like this was an early one. Yeah. January 3rd, this one released. And this is a coming of age story about a girl and you know, her mom is a single mom. Her father is kind of sort of every once in a while in the picture. That's the one. And the narration is brilliant, Morgan. Um, mm. It is kind of a, a darker self-doubt kind of book. Um, there are some sad things that happen, but there's nothing like horrifyingly bad um, that I remember. See, this is what we're talking about. Like sometimes I read dark things and because they don't bother me, they don't stick. So I don't remember. To yeah, I understand that. Um, yeah, this sounds so it's the voice of this is why I love it because the way it's written, um, you know, you've got this girl who goes through things. So she starts at like age five or four, something like that. And it goes to about 1920, I think. Um, and what's you love a coming of age. <laughs> I, you know what? I really do. And I like, I like this kind of thing. Her voice is exceptional. So I talk a lot about voice in my English class. And what I like about this is it's not a narrator saying, you know, Sam felt this and Sam did that and Sam did this other thing. You get a lot of like adult voices talking about how the kid feels as they're coming of age. This was so authentically her in that age that I just thought was wonderful. It's not you know, a four, a four-year-old speaking, but it's a four-year-old thinking, if you can stay with me on that. One of the yes. biggest lines that stuck for me was when she's talking about her mom and how she's kind of grappling with the fact that her mom and her dad aren't together. And she's talking about things that she wants to do, but she can't because mom is really busy and she can't be in two places at once. And so the way Sam mm -hmm. is ex explaining it to us are the phrases that she's heard her parents say, and she's now kind of folded them into her vernacular. Um, and I just found that really fascinating because yeah. you can tell that the only reason she knows that phrase is because she's heard her mom say it a bajillion times. And now she's taking on the voice of explaining that to us. Um, and I really, really like that. So she gets, she's a girl who discovers very, very early on that she loves climbing. And her father promises that he's going to take her climbing. And so sometimes he fulfills that promise. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, and it tends to be 
how she finds her way with her family. Her brother has some um, emotional struggles. Um, her mother is trying her best and is, you know, dates people and lives with people. And it's not constant because mom is a good person too. Dad is trying. Dad has some problems. Um, but as she gets into her teens, you know, what it's like in middle school and high school, she joins like an actual climbing gym and how all of that goes. And then, you know, how she sort of handles these crazy emotions that come with adolescence. There's just something to this particular coming of age that seems very, very authentic. Um, it's just I keep coming back to the voice and that's really all I can say about it over and over again. So I'll stop. But you know, it's it's a cool perspective, I think. Um, it's not a, oh, everything is perfect kind of book. And it's not an everything is terrible kind of book. It's got a real grounding in reality. And so this is the one that I'm calling my favorite of the year, I think. That's heartbreaking okay. in the most beautiful yeah. way. Thank yeah. you. Okay. All right, Jason, we're swinging back to you, sir. What have you back got for us next? Back to me already? Okay, I'm... I'm not stopping myself. This is going to be a hard book to talk about, but I'm going to talk about it anyway because I'm me. Uh, the Seven and a Half Deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by Stuart Turton, I believe is how you say it. Yep. Uh, this is a wacky, wacky, wacky-ass novel. Um, so I'm going to tell you a secret about myself. This is a very little-known secret. You, you're going to be in on the ground floor on this, okay? I love time travel stories, okay? But keep it on the <laughs> down low. What? I know, I know. I've kept it such a secret for so long. I thought I just out myself as a time travel nerd. Doesn't it feel good to be able it to does. Man, weight and, off oh, my man. shoulders. You, let me you, tell you. You know what you should. You know what you should do, Jason. Is you should do a Doctor Who podcast. I'm gonna look. In, I'm gonna look into that. Thank you, Lackey. Everybody's You're so welcome. clever. I'm going to. Uh, so, uh, this was recommended to my good friend Nolan. Uh, who used to co-host a podcast with me back in the day. And as a man who knows me very well, he told me instantly to read this. Um, if I had to give this a very short description, it's if Quantum Leap and Groundhog Day was mixed with Memento. Oh, <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. So... That's a good way of putting it. So... Yeah, you'll like this, Heather. You'll like this a lot. <clears throat> um, so it focuses on this on this guy... And, um, he, he finds himself back in like the 1800, like 1870 or 1900, something like that, somewhere around there. And he finds himself in this house, this is giant house. And he notices that every time, uh, well, first he wakes up in, in like out in the woods and then he gets shot and then he wakes up on the same day, but in a different part of the house has a different person. And so every time Ooh. he dies, he wakes back up in the same same day, same house, but a different person. Um, oh. and uh, there the the mystery as to why this is happening to him, I'm gonna say is a little vague on my part. I don't, yeah. I didn't really understand why it was happening. Um, but reading all of this like happening and seeing how it connects. And uh, he's going through this um, because he's trying to figure out who is murder, who, uh, how this person named Evelyn Hardcastle, uh, who killed her. 
he's trying to figure out this mystery of who's who killed her. And so he sees the murder from different angles. Um and he uh there's there's a point where um he sort of interacts with himself. I don't know how to explain that without super spoiling it, but um but it's so cool reading through this because you're you really have no idea what's going on, but you're still with it. You're still reading with it. You're still like trying to pick up all the clues because again, it's from different points of view of the same exact day. And so you hear about, you know, something that happened while this guy was hunting, you know, in the beginning part, and then later he becomes a guy who's out hunting. So then you get to now see that event unfold. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it and it's really a lot. It's really wacky. It, it it's it it the idea is is really crazy. The guy that wrote this, there's something wrong with him, but I mean that in a good way because I can't <laughs> I can't imagine how you thought of this, like how this guy came up with this. Um, outside of him being a fan of Quantum Leap, Groundhog Day, and Memento, I guess. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you might have just nailed it there, sir. He just, yeah. <laughs> he, just he just combined all three things he liked and was like, I'm gonna write that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, if you're a time travel nerd, if you're a mystery nerd, um, give this a shot. It's, 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 it's one of those ones that you get really deeply involved with. Like it's very, it's very deep. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening. You have to really pay attention. Um, you have to kind of focus on it. This isn't like a book that you can read like in a crowded room because you might get distracted. You really have to like sit down quiet room or low music and then actually study everything that you're reading. Cause there's a lot of shit going on. A lot of stuff's being information's being thrown at you. You're not sure what to do with it until you get to the end of it. Um, and again, it's called the seven half deaths of Evelyn Hardcastle by uh, Stuart Turton. I believe I'm Turton. saying that right. Yep. You got Thank it. You. Um, and it's, it's, it is really, such an interesting book and i i'm glad my friend nolan recommended it to me uh he knows me very well so um but yeah um i don't know uh sounds like lisa might have been again the only other person who re- <laughs> i i i this is what i do yeah this was this this came out 2018 i read it in 2020 okay. um and i'm in a nerdy book group on facebook and so i get a lot of these like you know, some of these hugely popular kinds of books that show up, um, you know, I yeah, end up being somewhat aware. People loved this. And it's weird because it was out. People were talking about it around the same time as the seven husbands of um, Evelyn Hugo. Evelyn Hugo. Mm-hmm. So it's oh. like, all right, wait, what the hell book am I reading? Which one <laughs> yeah. is this? Which one is that? I had um, a friend who walked into uh, Literati, my favorite bookstore, and was like, I was recommended a book. It, uh, there's a woman on the cover and something about Evelyn. I don't remember the name. And the the poor gentleman helping her was like, ma'am. I need more. I need, there are two very popular books right yes. now that met, fit that exact description. I can tell you that that was the exact same experience when I worked in Blockbuster while I was in college. Oh my God, was, yes. Hey, there is this movie about this guy who like does some <laughs> stuff <laughs> and then it's a problem. He goes to places and, really, and punches people. Yeah, and then, no, but he, like, then it's good when you get it. Phrases. Yeah, then it's good when you get it. Then it shows No, so it could be there. falling down or it could oh, be John Wick is what you're telling me. Yes, yes, exactly. All right. Morgan. Yep. Oh, sorry. Just no, no, I'm, I'm done. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, Evelyn, Morgan, coming to Evelyn, you. 
I will. I would say Evelyn Hardcastle is on my TBR. I've been wanting to read. Yeah, that for I think a while. you would really enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think and Evelyn say. and the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. I haven't read that, that one. Either. You definitely will like because yeah. that one doesn't involve um like murder and stuff. So oh, Evelyn Hugo. Evelyn, yeah, I know that. <laughs> She's but, like, like, I like murder. Evelyn <laughs> Hugo is like an aging starlet and like somebody mm. interviewing her about all of her you know exploits and stuff. So I think that is a little bit more up your alley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. All right, so what have you got? And I'm not letting okay. you go past two titles. You should only do one. Okay, deal. Um, especially because Heather already named two other ones that were on my list. Oh, so we got them out there already. Yeah. Perfect. So I also back Heather in The Serpent in the Wings of Night and Fourth Ring and Iron Flame. Excellent. Just grab you off the page books. Love so it. good. Uh, I'm going to spend the rest of my time talking about the series. Currently, it's two books. I don't know if there's going to be more or not. Uh, but the series is called The Roots of Chaos. The first book is The Priory of the Orange Tree. I was going to say, the one in your hand is not the one I think is the first book, so I got confused. Uh, the one in my, so The Priory of the Orange Tree is book one. Yes. The one in my hand, which is uh, A Day of Fallen Night, is go, technically Heather. a prequel. So it's book oh, God. zero. Um, but it I'm is so reading anything so except that first book, if at all. Good. Oh, it's so good. Um, I, it's categorized as science fiction, but then it, uh, at least my library, I don't know if you can see, of course I'm using a video cue, a physical cue here. It's also categorized as sci-fi fantasy. Yeah, I think that's Um, fair. And I think that is a more accurate way of describing it. It is not just science fiction and it's definitely not just fantasy. It's kind of like Octavia Um, Butler. It's like fifth season kind of stuff. Kind of. Oh, nice. Um, I... Love not Butler. Sorry, I have Jemison. Jemison wrote fifth season. Sorry. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I have it sitting Wait, right here yeah. too. I'm Isn't like that didn't Nick? sound right. Give me Nick a minute. Jemison? Yeah. Right? And I agree um, with you. So I haven't read that yet. Right. Again, I've apparently been on a female author kick. And so I read the all... first book of the trilogy and I <laughs> yeah. stopped. Well, that tells me nothing. Um, <laughs> because it's coming Lisa. from you. No, it's it's because of me. It's not because the book wasn't good. I Everybody was going to say because I know you don't read series. Nope. Um. Until you read the first book and then be done. And I don't know how you do that. My anxiety <laughs> brain just does not understand, does not compute. But the thing that I love about the Priory of the Orange Tree and A Day of Fall Night is the depth of the world building. It feels kind of throne of glassy to me in that way. There are uh, the basic premise setup of the book is that there is a main character from a northern space, a southern space, an eastern space, and a western space. And I won't do any more. There's a hella intense map at the beginning of this book. It's many pages long of a map to explain to you where what? everyone is. Well, yeah. no wonder you love it, Morgan. I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> I love a good map. If I open a fantasy book or a science fiction book to a map, I am booked. You got me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I love the way the characters interact with each other. The um, the depth of this book is really, truly about religion um, in a very interesting, at least to me, it felt like a very fresh new way to talk about the depths of religion and religious lore and how people on the same side of the same or on different sides of the same earth can interpret a story differently and craft an entire religion and faith understanding of their world based on the same thing, but have experienced it differently because of where they were. Um, and oh. so there are dragons in this book. 
the dragons do not look like typical dragons and so there's and there's like a big hole more around that it will spoil it if i tell you um but it is so cool um i was trying to describe to my husband patrick last night about like what it is that hooks me into this book so much and it, it feels very similar to uh another favorite author of mine Fred, frederick bachman mm-hmm. because you have the multiple povs and if you like there's so much action happening in each section of the story as you go along that you get to the end of one person one character's chapter and you are so engrossed in the action that is happening in that chapter and then you flip the page to the next chapter and it's someone else's pov and i go no now we have to read this (laughs) chapter or maybe three more chapters to get back to the character Right. right and so it like really really hooked me in um, I love the depth of it. The The world building is really cool. This is not a, pre- a day of fall night that I'm reading right now. I'm about 60% through it. I think according to Goodreads, I'm exactly 60% through it. Actually. Oh, look at you. Um, I, love my, I love my percentages with big, big hefty books. This is like 870 <laughs> pages or something like that. Um, uh, what was I going to say? 60% into the book. Percentages. Oh yeah it's gone oh 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 what i like about this being a prequel (laughs) yes uh, it's not a prequel in that it's like oh so-and-so's mother from 50 years ago or whatever it's like thousands of years before okay so should we read this one first would it work better absolutely okay um i genuinely think the order of go is perfect um and we one of the things i've been complaining a little bit with heather about there's another series that i've been reading and there's a prequel series happening at the same time, like being released at the same time. I won't say who, because I don't want to bash them. Um, no pooping in the Cheerios, correct? No pooping in the Cheerios. Uh, but what's happening it's, in it's that Jason, series... It's Jason, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, um, but what's happening in that series is you're just getting the exact same story. Mm-hmm. And that is boring. To, like, yep. as long as you make yeah. the characters good, sure, I will read it. But I'm not as engrossed. This, we are getting so much different action we are getting different parts of the lore and the world and different parts of the like ancient uh experience and it's really it's really cool it's really really cool i'm not doing too great of a job describing it i think you're doing a great for people yeah yeah like this kind of thing that's what they're looking for so Mm -hmm. i think you're doing a perfectly good job i really like it i like the way the magic change it like there is magic in it um and i like the way the magic changes depending on what side of the world you live in um, I love the different cultural aspects you get. Um, there's a, a little bit of a qualifier at the beginning of both of these books that like, yes, it mimics a little bit Asian culture in their faith-based world. And then also like British and UK culture in their faith-based world. But that is too simple of a description. Like she does it more as a like ownership of like, I'm not just bashing old Catholics. Like it's not that simple. Please read it. Um, but it's, yeah, it's fascinating. I really love it. I read, I think I read 300 pages of it yesterday because I couldn't put it down. Very nice. That's my, that's my. my that is super cool. <laughs> All right, Lackey, over to you. Um, I would actually like to sit this round out. I do have stuff I want to talk about, but oh. I've talked about pretty much everything I, I wanted to read this year. I do want to talk about my IRL pile at some point. So if we can do a second yeah, so where we'll I'll do talk that. about some IRL. What's, up, what's coming up, yeah. Um, but we can go on to, I think, Heather. 
All right, Heather. Okay, thank you. Okay, this is so hard. Um, I've read a lot of nonfiction this year. I, I like reading. I like reading stories of people who've overcome things, um, and I like reading stories that. I like reading a lot of athlete stories. I like reading success stories and all the things that people have gone through to get to where they are, to see to see all of the things that they've overcome and all the steps that they've taken to get there. It's really, really inspiring. It feels good, even when it's been really hard to get through. But I'm gonna leave that because I'm gonna bring up a series because I enjoyed it so incredibly thoroughly. And there's not one specific book in the series that stood out to me. So I'm just gonna bring it as a whole. And it's the Sookie Stackhouse series. <laughs> I I had, I've, I've been wanting to read it for years, years and years. And I don't know what took so long to pull the trigger, but I loved the show True Blood. Well, I loved the first couple seasons. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it kind of poops its pants. I mean- Like most its... series that go on for too long. Yeah, well, it didn't go on for too long. I think it was like five seasons and the last three seasons were tremendously bad. Um, but the first season is amazing and it's still really, really great. So, but I love the characters in it. And the first book in this series is kind of like that. One of the things I liked about the first season of the show was it was a mystery. Mm -hmm. I love mysteries. I loved Nancy Drew and the Hardy Boys when I was a mm -hmm. kid. Um, I loved, I, I read tons and tons of Sweet Valley Twin books too. And so many yeah. of them had mysteries in them. The Babysitter's Club book's my favorite. They had a mystery series. I love mysteries. They are delightful and fun. And the stakes this. don't have to be high to have a ton of fun either. But I think this they advertise more as like a romance. The romance stuff is yeah. there, but it's not the centerpiece at all. It's really Sookie Stackhouse. And she's this, she's a telepath. Uh, she's in her mid-20s. So she's also not 18. Woo! Thank you. We and love an older female themed character, even if yes. it's only by a couple of years. <laughs> yes, yes. It's it's always it's always nice. Um, and part of the reason she's had trouble with relationships is because she's a telepath. So she knows exactly what the people she's dating are thinking about her, which is really, really awful. And she can't read vampires or what they call um, you know, the second nature type people like shapeshifters and stuff like that she can't read their minds they're blank slate to her so this is why she becomes attracted to their world and to me that's a completely reasonable way to get wrapped up in it also sexy uh but she's just a waitress at a bar and she just kind of says i'm that's all i am i the stuff that i enjoy most other than the mysteries and there's usually like three different mysteries to solve throughout so you get wrapped up in the one, you forget about the other one, you get wrapped up in that one, you forget about the other one, and you literally just kind of become a part of Bon Temps, Louisiana, this tiny little town. Like some of my favorite parts of these stories are going to Walmart with Sookie because she's going to go pick up some <laughs> milk and she's going to make stuff for her neighbors. Uh, Mike Mike would come to them. He's like, you're giggling again. I'm like, yeah, I'm reading emails with Sookie. I, I just love living in her head. She's not like me at all. And it was a wonderful escape to live inside her mind. She is delightful, enjoyable. And she's she's a good person, but she's willing to do vicious things. Mm -hmm. And and as and there's 13 books, and I've read them all this year. 13. And, yeah. That is a big series. Well, she read 120. Did, so I mean yeah. that's just True. a chip off the iceberg and there. These these replaced for a little while too. They replaced my my nighttime reading books um with my JD Rob ones. 
but I got so wrapped up in some of them that I, I just started taking over and devouring them. But it was it was so much fun to read. And there's a couple of them that I was like, oh, wow, there was one that I was so dark. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Charlene, you must have had a really rough year because this is awful. I can't believe you killed all these main characters. I can't believe. Yeah, there was like four oh, freaking main characters that got murked at the end not to mention Sookie what she went through physically and mentally oh my god I had to take a break I didn't read another one for like a month um and that was the only time I really paused paused the series and I didn't want to read the last book because I knew it was the last book um and and it's just it was it was an absolute and utter joy to read and again it's not the best writing in the whole world it's not the greatest series I've ever read but it was so much fun and it did it felt like I had gone back in time as a kid again discovering something just neat like that it was the closest thing I could compare it to so I highly recommend it I I thought about giving Morgan the first book and I'm like well let's <laughs> wait I have so many other things to still just dump in her lap every time I see her but... just trade piles of books every time we see each other it's so much fun I love uh, that but yeah, it's it was it was really really great, and I I read so many good books this year, but um, but that was just that was just a delightful delightful time, and I just I've been wanting to share it for a while. Nice. All right. <clears throat> awesome. Um, so I'm gonna shift, <laughs> and um, I'm going to go to the most recent book by one of my favorite authors, Dennis Lehane. He's the guy who wrote Shutter Island. He wrote um, Merc- uh, sorry, Mystic River. Um, he does have a mystery series of uh, two Boston cops, and it's the Kenzie Gennaro series, and you want to start with um, A Drink Before the War. But this is his book, Small Mercies, which takes place in the mid-70s during the times in Boston when they were desegregating schools. Um, and you've got uh, a summertime with um, a particular family, a uh, very Irish family, of course, Boston. Um, and you know, mom, Mary Pat is kind of dealing with the way it is in Southie. She's been living in the same projects her whole life. And it's a lot about what it's like to live there to everybody to know your business. But at the same time, you know, F you, but they're still my family. So you can't say bad things about them. Only I can. Only uh, I can say bad things. About that's them. right. So um, I will give a heads up that there is, you know, some dark stuff that happens here. Uh, Mary Pat's Sorry, it's Le- it's Lahane. I expect dark shit from Lahane. That's that too. <laughs> but for somebody who's coming to this for the first time, you never know. Um, fair enough. Fair enough. You know, think Irish mob stuff. You know, so Mary Pat's daughter stays out late one night, doesn't come home, and so there's a mystery of trying to figure out where she is. Um, at the same time, there's a young black man who's found dead at a subway. Um, and so people are trying to figure out like what's going on. You've got all of these, uh, desegregation, racial tensions going on. You've got riots happening. You've got protests happening. You've got her dealing with the Irish mob and who she knows and who she doesn't know and are there connections. And so it's this spectacular kind of story. Um, you know, it's sort of like the heat of summer kind of revving everybody up even further. Um, but Lahane is just a spectacular writer, in my opinion. He's sort of one of those people that I will buy sight unseen. Um, and I just, I liked where this went, if you want to talk about a really strong woman. Um, 
this is an excellent example. You know, Mary Pat is like, here's what it's going to be. And here's how I'm going to do it. Despite how much her heart is breaking that she can't find her daughter. Um, so it's super good book. Uh, one of my favorites of the year. So check out Small Mercies by Dennis Lehane. I love having an author that you just, you see a new book and you pick it up. Yep. Yeah. I don't even have to yep. read the back. I do not have to read the yep. dust cover. Yep. Just pick it up. He's fantastic for that. And, and his sense of place is so good. He is really, really good at kind of like bringing Boston and his settings to life. Yeah, Absolutely. he's. I've I've only read uh, Shutter Island of his, but it was oh, phenomenal. And you brought him up. Yeah, you brought him up before, so I I need to I need to start looking more into his check business. out those um the 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 books with the detectives so it's like like i said i'm not a series reader however when it comes to mysteries i will go to dennis lehane for the kenzie gennaro books which he has stopped writing and tana french for the dublin murder squad so with that series you start with in the woods and they're just excellent excellent but but again dark i like dark Darking. Coming I need murder. Me. I need torture dark. before I go to bed <laughs> at night, Lisa. That's how I sleep. Apparently, so well. I like dark Irish stories. Great. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> everyone's got a type. Yeah. Whether it's a romantic partner, a sexual partner, or a book style, everyone's yep. got a type. No, I, I completely. One hundred percent. One hundred percent, Morgan. Mm. All right, Jason, ringing it back to you. Let's do oh. one more round of things. One, one. more if you've got one. round. And then we'll do like a like a TBR, what's coming up on our wannabe reading list or our, yeah, our yeah. list. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, so um, I attempted, I started, and I, I got to the third book, and then I just kind of had to take a break. Uh, I started the Dark Tower series That this third year. book, I can't get through it. I've tried <laughs> more than once. Well – here was my issue with the third book it was the, the copy. Fun. No, the copy that I got was the print was too small for me. And I know this is like an old guy thing, whatever. I'm showing my age. Fine. But yeah, like the print was like, was hard for me to like, um, for me to like concentrate on it. Um, and like the, the book before that, which is the drawing of the three, which by far was like my favorite. Like that was my absolute favorite like that I've read so far of the series uh because hey time travel um but yeah so uh so I started with the gunslinger which is the first in the series and this is Stephen King attempting fantasy I guess yep um during his coked out years I suppose um which is an interesting combination actually the the gunslinger was written most of the gunslinger was actually written while he was still in college Oh okay. Yeah. All right. If you I want, wanted, if, I wanted to make a joke want, anyway. If you want his, if you <laughs> want to know that. what the coked up dark tower ones are, they're drawing of the three and the wastelands. Well, okay. Then I did. Okay. All right. That actually that makes sense. Now that I know what happened in drawing of the three, um, that completely makes sense. Uh, so the, yeah, the gunslinger is it's a little it's a little dry. Uh, it's just a straightforward story of this guy Roland who's the last gunslinger in his world, and he's trying to get to a dark tower, and he's trying to hunt down a man named the Man in Black. Um, there's some mythological stuff going on with that that I we definitely don't have time to get into. But <laughs> in the Stephen King universe is what I meant to yep. say. Yep. And um, uh, he comes across this kid named Jake? Yes, Jake. Jake. 
I keep saying Jacob for some reason. Jake and uh, kids like I don't know how I got here. He vaguely has memories of being in New York in like the 1960s. Uh, they continue across this desert until uh, they come across the Man in Black, and then that ends. I won't spoil the ending, but that ends, and then we get to drawing of the three, where uh, Roland has to get some companions, and he goes through these doorways. Um, there's more to this. I'm just not spoiling everything. He goes to these doorways and he ends up in different times um, on Earth. And he ends up inhabiting the body of these people. A lot of body inhabiting stuff in my picks. I'm just now realizing. <laughs> maybe I have a, maybe I got a thing. I must have a thing. Yeah, that must be my thing. Um, and then, yeah, and the, the story of Eddie is probably the most, like, th- thrilling part of that book and that whole thing that goes on with with eddie uh things get a little weird with odetta uh she's a very complex character i don't even yes, know she how is. to she's sum cool. that up but yeah very complex there um and yeah and then i was excited to start wasteland but then the the my copy was just terrible so then i ended up just putting it to the side and then i moved on but i will get back to it i just i just want to get a better copy of it um, cause I'm curious where it goes. I know there's like five books after that one that goes on for Total a while. Of seven. Yep. Yeah. So I'm like, hey. all right. <laughs> oh, well that's cause that weird one in the middle. Right. Because, right. Cause the, cause the one that fits in, uh, uh the wind through the keyhole. Right. It's like, what is it? Like six and a half or like four and a half. It's like a weird <laughs> I think number. it, I think it takes place. I think it fits in between wizard and glass and wolves, the Kala. That sounds right. So yeah, so like it's five my, and a half. It's my dirty Stephen King fan secret. Like I've never read them because I can't get through book three. <laughs> my, my, recol- my recollection is that the gunslinger, because it was written the earliest and the style is so different, mm-hmm. and um, wastelands were the hardest for me to get through. See, I yeah. loved gunslinger. I plowed through that. I liked drawing of the three, and I just I hit a wall. But I don't know. One of these days, I'll go back to it. Mike Flanagan is rumored to be trying to get his hands on it. So yeah, I if, if any if anyone Woo! can do it, it oh, if I anyone can do that. it, it's if I anyone believe, can yes. do it, it's it's Agreed. Flanagan. I'm with Lackey, and absolutely. I'm hoping HBO gives him the money to do it and do it right. Yes, that's yes, where it would I look. Right. That's where it should be. That's exactly where it should be. I, uh-huh. should definitely, I'm be excited for that. I hope that actually is true and that happens. That I would hope be so. Yeah, but I would. Sorry, Jason. Oh, I would definitely good. like to see Flanagan take on the Dark Tower of the Talisman. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 It's another good one. 100%. Uh, anyway, I squeezed in a start of a series, but there you go. Uh, yeah, the Gunslinger and Drawing of the Three and the first 50 pages of The Wasteland. <laughs> hey, it works. Blaine it works. Blaine is a pain. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done. All right, Morgan, back to you. Okay, my last favorite book that I read of this year and then and then we'll start what's happening next right what we're yes. reading next yeah next round uh, will be a quick what's on the deck great yeah we can do that um is the invisible life of Addie LaRue by B.E. Schwab that uh, was the number one book for Goodreads two years ago yes I believe two or three. So. Oh god I think it was like 2021 I no think so. 2020 well, I think it was yeah. because it was Project Hail Mary and Tomorrow and Tomorrow so it was the year before yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Goodreads doesn't have like the little cuz I picked up I it. picked up the uh book of the month. Yeah. Book of the month had it as their top book. 
it's a great book. I'm not gonna lie. I also, Jason, love a time travel-y style book. Um, my favorite all-time book, second to Harry Potter, if you know me, you know me, um, is The Time Traveler's Wife. That is the most gut-wrenching book I've ever read in my life. But, oh my god, I love a good time travel twist story. The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, not quite time travel, but very similar vibes. Um, and so well written, just so well written. It changes time constantly, so you don't get different POV. You get the same characters, different POV, depending on what time of her story you're in. And it bops around a lot. Um, it feels similar to Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow to me in that it is just a beautiful story of humans and like what they like if one human really witnessed all of the atrocities of human nature over the span of what 300 years or something like that what would that person look like um it's a story about the marks we leave on the world and how um it actually in like a very light-hearted jokey way is kind of like coco in this way if you've watch the movie Coco, um, of like, what, what happens when the people we leave behind forget us? Um, what, what do we actually leave behind in the world? Um, it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Um, I couldn't put that book down until it was done. I think I read it over the course of two or three days. And the only time I stopped was because I had to work. Amazing. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And I'm very excited. It's the only V.E. Schwab book that I've read. Um, and I'm excited to get into some of her other stuff. I've heard The Threads of Power really good. I just haven't dived into it yet. So that's on the docket eventually. My current TBR that I have right here right now. To that we're read. not doing yet, so you're going to hold oh, that. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me when you're ready for Lackey, you want to hold for the uh, TBR? Yeah, I'll hold. Uh, I just wanted to say something about Addie LaRue, though. I haven't mm -hmm. read it, but apparently David Lowry, the director of The Green Knight from a few years ago, is working on an adaptation, film adaptation of it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's, oh, a big, know that's one of those big titles that. they're coming with, yeah. Oh, Patrick will be stoked. He also read that book and really liked it. Very nice. All right, Heather, to you then. To me. All right, I'm going down the science fiction rabbit hole. Keep it a short uh, rabbit hole. I promise I will. I <laughs> started the Expanse series this year, and it has oh, yeah. been an absolutely wonderful adventure. Um, I, I've been probably reading maybe one every month or so. They're they're pretty big, deep books, but also the content is really, really heavy. I mean, the third book in the series felt like it could have been the finale <laughs> easily. I mean, they actually destroyed planet Earth with asteroids. Um, it's is if this you watch James the show. Corey? Yeah, this is James okay. S.A. Corey. Um, it's it's just I love science fiction. This is this is low science fiction, so you're not getting into all the deep details about how everything works and functions. This is about the people it's about politics it's about it's about human nature is what it really comes down to and and the repetition of how we continue to repeat history and not learn from our mistakes over and over again and at a certain point in the series i'm up to i've the best book in the series was actually eight <laughs> i just finished this one a month ago um or seven excuse me there's nine books in the series and uh and it's just, it, it, that one follows up maybe 20 years after all of these things have happened. 
it shouldn't work. It almost feels like it shouldn't work. Every time I start a new one, I go, oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, they've kind of said all they had to say, right? They said it all. Oh, no, they really didn't. There is so much more to say and so much more to do. And and the characters are fascinating. They tell it from multiple point of views. So you get to see what are the villains, who the good guys are. There are no good guys. There's a couple true villains in the story. But even them, they have purpose and intent. And you you empathize with their motivations for doing what they do, even though it's horrendous at times. And that is fascinating to me. It's 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 always interesting for me to look at things from from each side of the story and not have one particular group that you're kind of rooting for, even though you are because you're you're rooting for the crew on the Rossi always. But they're not always right. And and that dynamic is incredible to me. Um, but yeah, at the, the point I've left off in, they've they've opened these gates to all of these other worlds and there's thousands of them. And they're monopolizing them now. Earth is pretty much being abandoned. All of the terraforming on Mars has been abandoned. And there is this, the reason the gates were closed and all of this was because millions of years ago, some other higher entity destroyed all life in the universe. And the humans are not stopping to try and figure out what's going on. Nope, they're still out there pushing buttons. That trying... sounds like the way humanity would work, yeah. Exactly. They continue to make the same mistakes over and over again, which is why I don't continue to read them one after another because that would definitely wear on me. But holy crap, it's been an amazing adventure. I love it so much. It's one of the best sci-fi series I've ever read. I adore the show. The show is incredible. The books are astronomically better than the show. Very nice. Very, very cool. All right, so I am struggling to pick my one final one. So I'm going to very quickly throw three-ish titles at you. Uh, real fast, just because they need to hear about it, Heather and Morgan need to look up a book called Delicious Monsters. Uh, Delicious Monsters. Delicious Monsters by Liselle Sambury. There is some time travel here. It is a ghost story, and it's a very nice psychological uh, mansion kind of story. Um very good, but, you know, more of you guys need to know about it kind of book. Um, I'm going to throw episode 13 by Craig DeLuey out there as another haunted house book dealing with a reality show and dealing with live streaming kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, since we talked about that with Kill Creek, episode 13 is spectacular as far as the back and forth transcript of this season of this show this scene what the planning was what the journal was so it's this really great ergotic title where it's not written in a straight narrative um it does deal with some of the um larger aspects of things in the worlds we don't fully understand um, to that end, I'm going to throw out a title called By the Light of Dead Stars by Andrew Van Way, which is cosmic horror. And I kind of tripped on it and, you know, joined his readership group, group uh, where you can get access to his books, like, you know, ARC copies and very cool kids dealing with dark shit, old gods. Um, and there is another book coming. So that one definitely needs to get read. <laughs> I am now going to focus on a book by Leopoldo Gout. Leopoldo? Leopoldo? I don't know. Gout called Pinata, which is one of the most remarkable horror books I've ever encountered. Um, 
very similar and very amazing like Daniel Krauss's Whale Fall, which is amazing and you should read that, but not if you get squishy about digestive things. Whale Fall is about a guy who accidentally gets swallowed by a whale and it's absolutely amazing. Pinata is not, but Pinata is this book that was highly anticipated for this year and then I never heard about it again. And I kind of found it and it's it's so good and grisly and you've got this woman who brings her two daughters to Mexico because she's working as an architect overseeing a renovation of uh, an old cathedral and her daughters kind of start getting wrapped into this old um Oh, I don't even know how to put it exactly. Uh, this old kind of world um, <sighs> worship, gods, um, trusting what there was. You've got elements of the contemporary. So there's, you've got Carmen who comes from New York. She's in Mexico. So she's kind of bridging the gap. And then you've got in Mexico, this old, um, and I, I forgive me, I can't remember what the actual um, heritage is of these people. I don't wanna say Aztec, cause Aztec doesn't sound right. Um, and if it is Aztec, I'm gonna feel like an idiot. Um, like Nahua culture, this, I can't even describe it to you because this, this element of old buried dark faith and how it rears its head cause it's trying to come back. Um, and it's just, very, very cool. I read it as an audiobook. It's exceptionally well narrated um, because these are, it is Aztec. It's Aztec. I'm Crushed looking it up it. now and I found it. it. It is, in fact, Aztec. I, wrote, I remembered something. <laughs> um, this is so not a world of mythology that I know. Um, and I think that's why I loved it so much. I would love to see this as a movie or a miniseries because the the lives of these individuals, the characters themselves, um, the indigenous people who are like, I know this heritage, but I kind of am pretending I don't so that it doesn't come at me sort of thing. Like people don't give me grief as a result of it. Um, there's a lot of authentic sociological things in addition to mythological religion faith-based things so there's a lot of this isn't real because i don't believe in it however guess what it's actually real because you don't have to believe in it for it to happen um oh. very dark again shocking um but like there is some definite body horror here um which is not usually my angle but it does come up here it's not constant because if it was i would have put the book down um but there are some elements and there are bugs so I will give you that heads up too, because I- <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate the warning. I can do bugs, but I like the warning. I had a hard time with it. I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. Okay, we're over it. And then it would come up later on. And I'm like, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need this. Okay, we're through it. Um, it's just cool. Like, I like, I like cosmic horror. I like that ancient deities coming back. I like this. We've tried to pretend it's not there. And guess what? It's there and it's going to beat the shit out of you kind of stories. Um, I wanted this one to go out there because I think nobody knows it exists. And like, even the cover is unnerving. Like, just the cover illustration is fantastic. So check out Pinata by Leopoldo Gout, G-O-U-T. Um, I can't do a fancy, you know, actual pronunciation of this gentleman's name. So apologies for that. That's the one. 
That's that the one Morgan. Disturbing cover. It's amazing. Whoa. But yes. I don't even know how to describe that. Yep. It's That's super cool. cool. Okay. So we have got to the point where we are going to do our sort of TBR, what's coming up next. Um, but this is going to be kind of a flash round. So what we're going to do is we're going to time it. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to give everybody a minute and 15 seconds that's to bad. talk about what's coming up. Okay. You know, there's like five it. of us. There's five of us. I like it. So, you know, I like I'll it. give you 15 seconds of buffer. Jason, are you Yo, ready? I am ready, ma'am. All right, sir. Go. So, uh, my next book that I'm going to read is called, it's very famous, Helter Skelter. Yes, yes. the story about yeah. Charles Manson and the Manson murders. Uh, I am very fascinated with the story and the case. Um, just because it's just such a crazy story. It's a long story. The book is really fucking thick. Um, and, you know, there's been adaptations. And Manson shows up in movies and shows and stuff. Uh, most famously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, but I'm very curious about the actual story. And uh, from what I've read uh, so far, I started it, but I didn't. I'm only like 15 pages into it. The guy is a good writer, so I'm very intrigued by everything. So Helter Skelter, that's what I'm going to be doing in 2024, baby. That's it. That was good. Love well it. Done. 30 awesome. seconds to spare. Seriously. All right. Are we ready for our next one? <laughs> Hang on. Apparently, I can't turn that timer off. There we go. Okay. So, Morgan, it's coming to you. You've got a minute and 15 <laughs> seconds. Are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. All right. Go. Okay. The next book I'm going to read is The Fire in the Flesh. Uh, this is uh, the next in a prequel series by Jennifer L. Armentrap. This is the prequel series to From Blood and Ash. Nice. After that, I'm going to read The Midnight Library. You're going to love that. I that was great. I'm very excited to read it, but I'm also warned that it's about, it's like deeply about suicide. So I think it's going to be intense and dark okay. and sad. I'm ready. Uh, well, then up next is Cersei. <laughs> uh, I just finished reading recently The Song of Achilles, and so I'm ready to get my heart ripped out by some ancient Greek mythology again. Nice. And then I'm reading this last on my TBR list because I know Heather's not done with the next one, and I know the moment I read uh, Daughter of No Worlds by Carissa Broadbent, I'm going to need the next book. Uh, so it's going last on my list because I got to read it. So I got to like pace myself a little bit. <laughs> Very nice. Those are my next four books. Awesome. See, this is good. Give everybody a time frame and they, they use less than the time you need them to use. It's true. I, I need impressed. boundaries. Set All them right. for me and I will exist within them. That's awesome. So Jason <laughs> had 30 sure. seconds left. Morgan had 20 seconds left. Ooh. Are you ready, Lackey? Yes. Your minute and 15 seconds starts now. Okay, so the next book I read is going to be one of the next five. The Devourers by Indira Das. Ooh. Survivor by the guy who wrote Palinuk. Uh, yes. Palinuk, yes. The guy who wrote Fight Club. Palinuk's good. Yeah. The Third Policeman by Flan O'Brien. This is a uh, this is a postmodern novel that apparently had a lot of influence on Lost. Oh, interesting. This is this I has know. already shown up on a couple of uh, of our um, suggestion quizzes. The Road by Cormac McCarthy. I've I gotta read that myself. Years. I yes. want to teach that to my juniors. And finally, this doesn't have a proper dust jacket, but from the writer, from the author of Rosemary's Baby and the Stepford Wives of This Perfect Day by Ira Levin. 
Oh, uh, this is a nice. bit of a shoddy copy because I picked it out of my uh, local little free library. But these may show up on future uh, uh, <laughs> the, the future uh, suggestion lists. I don't know if we're going to do them, but mm, these are the are. ones I'm planning to read next. Very nice. And Lackey finishes at 10 seconds. I actually need to read The Road because I want to teach it to my juniors in uh, about a month. So I should probably read it so I know whether or not it's any good for them. Okay. <laughs> Are you, you ready? to know that teachers yeah. also do not do their homework. Oh, no. <laughs> I only wish I knew that when I was a student. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, Heather, are you ready? I'm ready. Your minute and 15 seconds starts now. All right. I'm going to follow up with Morgan on the War of the Lost Hearts series. I'm on the second book of it. It's deeply personal as far as the characters go, so it's been tough, but I love the series. So I'm going to finish it. There's one more after this book. I also plan on finishing my Expanse series. I have two books left. I am going to crush it. That is correct. I also have this beautiful, gorgeous. Look at this book, you guys. Ooh, it is that's pretty. Oh, I can't wait to pull you. Yeah, Stacey McEwen is great. <laughs> she is an Australian author. She's an indie author. She's written one other book called The Ledge. The Chasm is the second book in the series. She has most she's great. Follow her on Instagram or TikTok. She's and also freaking hilarious. So I adore her. Um, so those are those are the big ones. And then I've decided I am going to revisit. The Hobbit oh. and Lord of the Rings. It's I used to read it every two years or so, and it's been probably a good six or seven years. So I'm going to go through my Lord of the Rings books as a gift to myself for just being alive. Look at and you. Th that's it. Look at that. Ten seconds to spare. <laughs> and we're getting extra titles in the meantime. <laughs> All right, I, I am nowhere so near as, as organized as you guys because my house is book piles. So there is no one cute, here are all the books. I'm... No, there's just, it, a bomb blew up in this place. All right, mm -hmm. so my minute and 15 seconds starts now. I already said that I need to road, uh, read the road. Uh, two books that are now on my radar because now they're movies on Netflix have been languishing on my shelves for at least two years each. Uh, Leave the World Behind, which shame on me, I should have read sooner. And uh, A Nearly Normal Family. Both of them seem dark and twisty and I need to hurry up and read them. So that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Roxanne Gay has a new book that came out in October called Opinions, a decade of arguments, criticism, and minding other people's business. And I desperately need to read that uh, <laughs> because I just love her and I want to read everything that she does. Um, I just discovered a book called Dead Eleven. And this is a book where uh, it's set on a creepy island where everyone has a strange obsession with the year 1994. There was a lot of great movies in 1994. Mm -hmm. so <laughs> of course, that's where I'm I like, oh, good. Dark and horror and weird culty kind of family thing. I think I'm going to read that. That seems good. Um, and then, I don't know. I've got things everywhere. I Jordan Peele released a short story collection uh, anthology Ooh, yeah. of Ooh, shorts of nice. horror stories by short, uh, by short, short stories by black authors called Out Here Screaming. And I need to read that. And there is my time, mm. damn it. I'm using all of it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what's coming up for me. Awesome. So thank you everybody for being here today and sharing with us our wonderful reading habits. I love that we have such a gamut of possibilities. And so hopefully you listeners found a couple of things you want to read in 2024. Um, and we, of course, will be coming back with our 
monthly podcast on the 20th of each month. Um, I need to hurry up and get a poll up there for January because we don't have a book yet and uh, we need to get one. to that. We I was thinking about that today. <laughs> Probably should do that. So uh, anyway, thank you for so much for listening. And no, I already read it and no. Um, <laughs> also, no. Um, we're not reading Cersei either, so stop submitting it. Man, when I make this- I read it already. I finally I know, read it. Me. It was good. It wasn't Whenever... the best book of the year, but it was good. Whenever I pull the trigger on making this a video show, all of this is going to be very entertaining. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I, right? I can't read that, Lackey. <laughs> I can't see what it says. Gravity's, ra oh, Gravity's yeah, rainbow. Over. That'll go over like a lead balloon. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So I think that's enough rambling from us. Thank you for listening. Have a happy new year and we'll catch you in January. Boy. Waving goodbye. Bye -bye. That's how I sign off everybody's show now. Copyright 2023 Rabbit Hole Podcasts, rabbithole podcast.com.